So welcome to week 60 of Bhagavad Gita. Today we are going over chapter 18, text 45 through 55. And we are reaching uh, the conclusion of Bhagavad Gita. Uh, this particular chapter, um, Krishna is talking about renunciation and what real renunciation means. Um, the whole Bhagavad Gita is meant for Arjuna to renounce his misconceptions. Arjuna, he's the warrior, he's supposed to fight this battle, and he has many different ideas of what he should do. And they're all misconceptions. And so Krishna, throughout the Bhagavad Gita, is describing to him uh, what he should do. And Arjuna represents us. Um, he's, he represents the spirit soul struggling in material existence. Uh, so Arjuna's name uh, means Sarvajana, and Sarvajana means all people. And so this Arjuna is going through the same battle that we go through um, every day of our lives. And uh, our misconceptions simply are there and they perpetuate themselves. And the ignorance remains and entangles us more and more. And so Krishna is uh, again concluding uh, the Bhagavad Gita with the path of renunciation. It means give up your ideas, give up your conceptions, and understand what is in your best interest, what you can do to actually uh, be a true renunciate. Because uh, some people renounce in different ways, right? Like some people, uh, they might give in charity. Uh, some people, they may go through hardship. Some people may uh, give up certain things, like give up or eating certain things, certain diets. So everybody is um, engaging in, in different types of renunciation. So in this particular chapter, um, Krishna is saying um, many different wonderful statements about renunciation. Uh, one really common theme is renunciation means to uh, not to be attached to the fruits. So we work, and from our work, fruits come. Uh, when we're uh, detached from those fruits, and we offer those fruits to God, then that is a symptom of, of true renunciation, um, as opposed to not working at all. So in the previous um, section, we were reading about how we all develop qualities. Every one of us has different qualities that we, uh, we are given when we come into this world based on our karma, based on our previous uh, activities and, and desires. And so Krishna is saying we should work according to those qualities. You have a nature, you have a nature, all of us have a nature. So we, we work according to those qualities, we don't give that up, and we offer the fruits to Krishna. And so in this particular section, um, Krishna is going to describe uh, what it means to uh, become perfect. And, and how we can understand him, how we can understand Krishna. Uh, which is the goal of renunciation, to know God, right? The goal of renunciation is yoga, means to connect with God, have a relationship with God. So he's going to talk about that in this section. Uh, so the first question that was asked on our worksheet, and please, if you'd like to answer, please uh, feel free. So how does a person become perfect? By performing his or her occupational work. Can I read the verse in which the answer is? Ideal. Okay. By worship of the Lord, who is the source of all beings and who is all pervading, man can, in the performance of his own duty, attain perfection. Very good. Anybody want to add to that based on what Prabhupada was saying? Prabhupada says, everyone should think that he is engaged in a particular type of occupation by Rishikesh, the master of the senses. And by the result of the work in which one is engaged, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, should be worshipped. If one thinks always in this way, in full Krishna consciousness, then, by the grace of the Lord, he becomes fully aware of everything. That is the perfection of life. The Lord says in Bhagavad Gita 12.7, 
Tesham Aham Samud Harta. The Supreme Lord Himself takes charge of delivering such a devotee. That is the highest perfection of life. In whatever occupation one may be engaged, if he serves the Supreme Lord, he will achieve the highest perfection. So we were speaking about how we're all working according to our particular nature. I don't know what, time, I don't know what kind of work you do, but you, you work according to your abilities, right? The God-given abilities that you're given. So you work according to those. Uh, Elijah, he works according to his abilities. Krishna Prabhu according to his, and Nityananda Prabhu according to his, and I work according to my abilities. But what Krishna is saying here is he's saying, by worship of the Lord, we're all doing our, our duties according to our nature, but by worship of the Lord, who is a source of all beings and who is all-pervading, a man can attain perfection through performing his work. So in other words, if we just do our work according to our duties, we're not going to attain perfection. But if we add Krishna consciousness or devotion to God, worshiping God, serving God, then we attain perfection. So these two tracks are there. Like a train has to go on two tracks. So one track is we, we are engaged according to our nature, and the other track is that we worship God. That's least in that way you become perfect. <laughs> Can I say something? Yeah, please. Uh, I, when I perform my work, I try to take uh, the very mental attitude, which I, if I am sleeping, you know, part of my work, I try to do with with the best of my abilities, uh. with low, you know. Uh. Uh, with the right mental attitude. Nice. So in this way, uh, I feel like I'm uh, doing my best. Mm-hmm. And but in my understanding, work for what you are saying is that if I add what I'm doing to Krishna, yes. Um, so if I get him involved in that. Yes. In that um, activity, for, for instance. Yes. Is my right? Or it, it's very right, right. yeah. If you're familiar with, I don't know if you're familiar with Christianity at all? No, I'm not. Okay. Well, in Christianity, our Lord Jesus, he says to pray constantly. And uh, similarly, in, uh, in Christian consciousness, um, it's said by, by the Lord to, to chant, chant the names of God constantly. So we can do that. Like, no one's work is better than anybody else's. But when we're doing that work, it doesn't matter if somebody's the President of the United States and somebody is, is uh, picking up dog poop or whatever. It doesn't matter. That, that doesn't matter. What matters is that we begin connecting with Krishna, like you were saying, mm-hmm. with the right mental attitude. As Krishna says, if you remember, and he's going to say it again soon, in the middle of the ninth chapter, he says, Manmana Bhavaman Bhakto. He says, engage your mind always in thinking of me with devotion and love. And by, by being absorbed and conscious of me, then you will come to me. Krishna says that in Bhagavad Gita. So, so yeah, that, that's exactly the point. You're exactly right. You simply add Krishna consciousness, you add that devotion, you add that prayer, and it could be going on in your heart, mm-hmm. right? You could be chanting in your mind. Maybe at work you chant. I think it's right, for now, I think it's only in my mind. That uh-huh. I'm trying to realize that what I'm doing is I'm doing for that uh, higher power or, or Krishna. Yes. But I, I, I don't have it here yet. Uh-huh. It'll so, come, don't worry. So, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you put yourself in an environment that's surcharged with the spiritual energy and you keep on trying your best, Krishna will reveal himself to you and it will awaken within you. Krishna says earlier in the Bhagavad Gita that those who are devoted to me, I give them the understanding from within to come to me. So, you be patient, it will come. Okay. Yeah, the great saints, they said, be patient. <laughs> be patient. And, uh, okay. keep, and keep, keep connecting, because Krishna wants to see your endeavor. He wants to see that you're, you're serious about um, doing this wonderful um, spiritual endeavor. He wants to see that. 
Yeah. Yes. Um, Lord Jesus Christ had also said that you might know them by the fruits of their labor. And so that if a devotee is dovetailing his, like the devotee would, dovetails his service into the Supreme for the benefit of everyone, um, in essence, if he's devoting that to the Supreme rather than serving in his self, the fruits of his labors are um, attributed to whether he's self-serving or not. Now, um, if, if a devotee is doing something to maintain their body, then how can they do that for Krishna? Because that's uh, continuing trying to serve Krishna and bring other people to the awareness. Using the body. Mm-hmm. But could somebody argue that you know, you're going to, to work and you're, you're just putting food on your table Say you're a devotee, but that's all you do. So how is that devotional service? What would you say to that? It becomes um, devotional when you're in constant awareness that your consciousness has been um, engulfed with Krishna and the thought of him. And just the thought alone is the purifying agent in that that makes all these actions not just mundane, but on a, on a different level like... Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Okay. Well, there's, there's different ways. I mean, that's one way. And that's like, you know, what they say that the, the main rule that everything else is subservient to is to remember Krishna always and never forget him. But if you can't do that, I mean, that's quite a tall order, you know, 24 hours a day to think of Krishna. If you can't yet do that, you can uh, give part of the fruits of your labor towards spreading the Krishna conscious movement. You know, that's, that's for most people who aren't extremely advanced, that's more doable, <laughs> you know. And there's probably some, some other ways too, but that's the one I could think of. And we can also add a meditation practice to our life. Like devotees, they sit down maybe on lunch break or in the morning when they first get up or at the end of the day and they chant the names of Krishna on, on Japa Mala beads. So we can also add a spiritual practice. We can add a, a reading practice, or we can have a, a reading time. So we want to, the more we put our consciousness in contact with these spiritual vibration, the more we're going to be inspired. And the more, when we're doing our regular work, we're going to be thinking about that. Like, uh, say we're, we're in the temple, we have this wonderful kirtan, so beautiful, then that kirtan may be in our mind when we're working our job. So in that way, the more we add these direct um, Krishna conscious activities, that will become part of our um, day-to-day workings of our mind. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So we want to add that because uh, the opposite is, is just uh, emptiness. Like the soul needs this spiritual connection. So the more that the consciousness is connected with God, the more we feel happy. You see? So that way we, tra- we train our mind through a meditation practice and through like a, a yoga lifestyle. And that's what we're, really Krishna is teaching. He's, he's teaching a, a yoga practice, a yoga culture. So, And Arjuna's work is to fight. And because the devotional surface of the Lord is not different than the Lord, Krishna is absolute. So when, Krishna's, when Arjuna is fighting, Krishna, and he's focused on the fighting, that's actually focusing on Krishna, because that's Krishna's work. Because whenever we do uh, something to please God, that becomes non-different in Krishna. Like that. So I may be focusing on sweeping the floor, and I'm doing it for my family. And my family, uh, they're entrusted to me by God to take care of them, and to help them in their uh, physical maintenance, and in their spiritual life. So I'm thinking I'm doing my duty to God, like that. So, yeah. Okay, the second question is, explain the example given in this reading section of fire covered by smoke. Anybody like to answer that one? 
No volunteers? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is from 1848. Uh, Lord Krishna says, every, every endeavor is covered by some fault, just as fire is covered by smoke. Therefore, one should not give up the work born of his nature, O son of Kunti, even if such work is full of fault. So I'll read that again. Every endeavor is covered by some fault, just as fire is covered by smoke. Therefore, one should not give up the work born of his nature, O son of Kunti, even if such work is full of fault. So Prabhupada explains why there's fault. So he says, in the conditional life, all work is contaminated by the material modes of nature. Even if one is a brahmana, he has to perform sacrifices in which animal killing is necessary. Similarly, a chatriya, however pious he may be, has to fight enemies. He cannot avoid it. Similarly, a merchant, however pious he may be, must sometimes hide his profit to stay in business. Or he may sometimes have to do business on the black market. These things are necessary. One cannot avoid them. Similarly, even, in, even though a man is a sudra serving a bad master, he has to carry out the order of the master, even though it should not be done. Despite these flaws, one should continue to carry out his prescribed duties, for they are born out of his own nature. So now he's going to explain more of the fire example. A very nice example is given herein. Although fire is pure, still there is smoke. Yet smoke does not make the fire impure. Even though there is smoke in the fire, fire is still considered to be the purest of all elements. If one prefers to give up the work of a chatriya and take up the occupation of a brahmana, he is not assured that in the occupation of a brahmana there are no unpleasant duties. One may then conclude that in the material world, no one can be completely free from the contamination of material nature. This example of fire and smoke is very appropriate in this connection. When in winter time one takes a stone from the fire, sometimes smoke disturbs the eyes and other parts of the body, but still one must make use of the fire despite disturbing conditions. Similarly, one should not give up his natural occupation because there are some disturbing elements. Rather, one should be determined to serve the Supreme Lord by his occupational duty in Krishna consciousness. That is the perfectional point. When a particular type of occupation is performed for the satisfaction of the Supreme Lord, all the defects in that particular occupation are purified. When the results of work are purified, when connected with devotional service, one becomes perfect in seeing the self within. That is self-realization. So we gave the example before about how the Ganges is, is like our mother's a sacred river. But sometimes there's bubbles and mud and foam. But it doesn't make the Ganges any less pure. Because uh, that, that personality, Mother Ganga, is actually a surcharged, enlivened spiritual energy. But when, when covered by the modes of, of nature and, and, and acting in this material realm, um, even a uh, totally pure devotee externally can look like there's flaws. But actually, because the heart is completely pure, there's no tinge of desire to... Uh, lord it over matter or, or enjoy separate from God because of that actually they're completely pure and and this could sometimes bewilder um, conditioned souls to think oh you know Sri the Prabhupada he left his body like everyone else right? so therefore uh, he's a, like a, just a normal human being but actually that spark was fully awakened in love of God so even when in the vehicle of this material body when we develop love for God we can, we can uh, reach a perfectional state and find inner bliss and happiness through that, that practice and connection. So that's also comforting to us. Like, does that make you all feel comforted? Mm-hmm. By the fact that there's going to be flaws even when I'm carrying out my duties? Okay. <clears throat> Any other conversation on this point? What does he mean by the last sentence of what you read? I don't uh, remember exactly what it was. Something about the self? Let's see. So, when a particular type of occupation is performed for the satisfaction of the Supreme Lord, all the defects in that particular occupation are purified. When the results of work are purified, when connected with devotional service, one becomes perfect in seeing the self within. 
and that is self-realization. Okay. It's just like, I guess I, sometimes I get confused between self-realization and God-realization. Are they the same thing, or are they, is self-realization realizing that, that you're a soul, and God-realization is realizing your relationship with God? Yes, so they go hand in hand, because, uh, you know, Jivaris Rupa Krishna and Chadas. Right. When we realize that I'm an eternal servant of God, yeah. um, then we also, we realize God in ourselves. And that can, of course, we can never fully know. Yeah. Never fully know God. <laughs> but in the sense that our, our, our svarup, our natural love, can be reawakened, we can know. Uh, but we can't know ourselves separate from God. Oh. That, that would be false ego. I see what you're saying. But if, if we truly know ourselves, then we also know Krishna. It's like full, full self-realization means to, okay. to, for the Lord to reveal himself to us and us so, to see ourselves as his servant. So self-realization means you see yourself as a servant of God. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And we're giving up, again, we're giving up this misconception that I'm something different. Yeah. And seeing yourself as a servant of God is being a servant to the higher good for the benefit of all in the same way that, you know, you know what's best for your own body, but your body and the cells are all working together in order to benefit the, the whole system because everything's um, intimately associated with one another. And then something might come along and decide to kill itself off, become, you know, cancerous mutiny against the greater good of the system. And so the best course of action for the master of that system is to cut it out of the system because that would, um, it's lending mercy onto the cells that aren't contaminated and won't die out of their own accord for as long as you stay alive. Mm. Yeah, that's a good analogy. And did you have something interesting about um, I guess you could say that we become like in- inactive. Like some, sometimes we have different, I guess, organs or parts of the body that aren't completely necessary for the function of the whole body. Um, so they become like an adornment, or uh, I can't think of the medical word. But uh, I know that autoimmune, autoimmune disease means that your, your body basically starts attacking your own body. So that, that is true, that in the state of um, wanting to uh, be the Lord or, or enjoy separate from God, it is true that we can't remain um, with the spiritual associates. We can't remain in that environment of loving exchange between God and the devotees because we have turned against the very nature of the spiritual world which is a loving reciprocation and service to God. So, yeah, so this reawakening is putting us back in line, like putting us back to our proper function. Like you were saying, the cells. What are the cells' function? You know, the, to bring, what, oxygen to the body? Or, there's so many functions. <laughs> I don't know what all the, all the cells do. But they, they're there to assist the body. So, um, so that, that is actually what Krishna's program is here in Bhagavad Gita, is to get us to understand who we are and how to function according to our eternal nature, rather than our temporary idea about who we are. Access our true self, because you're, you're an eternal soul, so accessing the real you beyond this body. <clears throat> okay, so question number three, how can we understand Lord Krishna as he is, as a Supreme Personality of Godhead? Can anybody say without looking? When I was uh, I started reading this book, and mm-hmm. in, uh, in the first pages it describes that Krishna is uh, absolute, but he uh, um, something personality and. And uh, controller, uh-huh, they use uh-huh. that that word controller yes, yes. of the living entities. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Right. Uh, 
when it means an absolute, it, for me it means that this is um, kind of like a, the whole. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Encompasses everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and um, when it says that the controller is more because when I was reading in the very early beginning pages, it talks about the entities living, like the living things, all have a purpose with that. Yes. With that controller. The controller yes. has a purpose for, you know. Yes. It, it, it sounds more like a divine uh, source. Yes. That's correct. Is that what it is? <clears throat> yes. So, so the absolute, you're right, encompasses everything. The absolute can mean the complete whole. But when you, when you get into that absolute complete whole, which is spiritual, and spiritual by nature is eternal filled knowledge and bliss. So when you get into that absolute reality, that's not the shadow reflection. This world is a shadow or illusion or, or maya. So when you get into that, there's three features of the Absolute. One is the God's energies. And we see uh, energies all around us. Everything we see is the potency of God, energy of God, right? Um, and, and part of the energies is you. You're, you're called Paraprakriti. You're a superior energy, you're spirit. You're the same in quality as God, but you're, you're small, you're a jiva, and you have a different function. You have a function as being a cooperator rather than being the source and controller. Mm -hmm. So you also are part of God's energies. The second feature of the Absolute is, uh, is the Super Soul. So God is, is in your heart. Uh, the soul is in the heart of every living entity, and God is there too. That's the Super Soul. That's the super, there's different features, see? Because not everything isn't just one homogenous oneness. There's a variety within the Absolute. And that variety, um, gives a facility for, for loving reciprocation to take place. And so that's the third feature. The third feature is the personality of Godhead. So the personality of Godhead is, is a person by which um, we can have a relationship with, we can uh, talk to, we can... Like a friend. Like a friend. We can uh, give a hug. We can laugh with. Hold their hand. We can uh, exchange gifts. So that's the supreme personality of Godhead. And so when, when we speak about the supreme personality of Godhead, we, we immediately speak about devotional service. And that's actually the answer to this question, this verse. Because devotional service means, it has to mean there's a person, because it means there's a loving exchange. For there to be a loving exchange, there has to be a person. Because without person, then what do you have? You just have stuff, or you have uh, separateness, or you have a forced environment. But when you speak about uh, free will and persons, then you can have love. So Krishna, he responds, he says, um, so how can we understand him? He says, one can understand me as I am, the supreme personality of Godhead, only by devotional service means devotional, loving uh, service to God. And when one is in full consciousness of me by such devotion, so God reveals himself, we become conscious of him, he can enter into the kingdom of God. So we can go back to uh, God's world to enjoy loving pastimes with him. That's our home. That's where we belong. So it says, when you engage in devotional service, then you can know me. I reveal myself to you. When you are in that full consciousness of me through devotion, I reciprocate by showing my beauty to you, by revealing who I am, then you can enter back into the kingdom of God. Yeah. So he's giving the, now he's starting to give the conclusion here of what the whole Bhagavad Gita is about. It's a famous verse. Too. Yeah. It's a very well-known verse. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so Srila Prabhupada says, Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna and his plenary portions cannot be understood by mental speculation nor by non-devotees. If anyone wants to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he has to take to pure devotional service under the guidance of a pure devotee. 
Otherwise, the truth of the Supreme Personality of Godhead will always be hidden. As already stated in Bhagavad Gita 7.25, Naham Prakasha Sarvasya. He is not revealed to everyone. No one can understand God simply by erudite scholarship or mental speculation. Only one who is actually engaged in Krishna consciousness and devotional service can understand what Krishna is. University degrees are not helpful. <laughs> you can get as many university degrees as you like, but it won't help you one inch in understanding God. <laughs> so, because it's, it's something that God reveals. Because our mind and senses are so small and so limited here, and unlimited uh, reality, then God has to reveal himself. Because he remains hidden, why? By his own will. Because he's facilitated our desire to forget him. So he remains hidden. So he wants to be, reveal himself, but he reserves the right to do so. Or not. You see? By our, on our own strength, we can never demand that God reveals himself. If he's pleased with us, he's pleased with our loving attitude, with our surrender to him, then he is uh, likely to... He says he will reveal himself to us. He promises he will reveal himself to us. So. Okay, anyone would like to share tonight? Yes. It happens to be the same verse. Okay, um, great. Because, uh, you know, that one was just, to me, has always been one of my favorites out of Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. It seems to summarize the whole Gita right there uh, in one verse. You know. um, <clears throat> so, as far as understanding that, I think the first part of the report that you read was probably the best understanding of that verse that I could, I could make the words better than that. Um, anyway, and as far as application goes, every day it's determination and dedication of constant devotional service. And always looking at every action, everything that you do, as a way of, uh, of acting out devotional service. Um, sometimes hard, because, you know, in the material world, you know, we come up to things and you're going, hmm, you know, it's a kind of a great thing. But, um, in other words, I work in a big computer lab at Pima College, so when I work in that lab, I'm, students will have a question for me. Um, I'm tutoring or something like that, and they'll have something for me, and I will, I try to remember that they are spirit souls every single time. So in serving them, even if it's in material need, I'm still serving Krishna by, by serving them and, and in a way uh, help them along with that. If I get a chance, an opportunity at all to kind of uh, in a very tactful way be able to uh, share uh, knowledge, uh, real knowledge, then I'm, I, I take that opportunity. I don't have that happen too often that I get that opportunity. I'm not in the lab area itself, except I did have something where I got lost. I was telling Mother Sadami this story real quick when um, uh, that happened to me last week. And it was that I was, I, I take my clicker along, you know, and I kind of secretly do my japas. I'm walking to the lab and, you know, I'm sitting. But anyway, but. When I was helping at some, a few students, I got really involved in what they were doing, and I was forgetting, you know, quite a bit. When I stood up, and I thought, I thought for a second, you know, that, oh, what am I doing, you know? And then this guy behind me said, hey, you, you, you go to Govinda's, don't you? And I said, yes. And he says, he said to me, he says, yeah, he says you're you're one of the you're, you're don't you you're one of the, the guys that, that that are there you know the, the the monk guys right that do the I said yeah, he says you know I really miss you know Govinda's quite a bit and I said well you can still come to Sunday feast that would be great you know da 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 and he started talking to me and so forth and then at the end of it all he said Hare Krishna and I said well, Hare Krishna to you again boom reminded me of the reality of where I was really at. So, I mean, even if, you're, if you give it an attempt and you slip a little bit or whatever, oftentimes if you're determined and you're continuing going, doing that devotional service, trying to keep it in mind, Krishna sends somebody. You know, something happens, you know, and it just, and that's been happening to me lately. Yeah. So it's kind of cool, you know. So, um, 
So I would just say to continue as best you can. Yeah, nice. And, yeah. And it's, it's a really nice reminder to like stay in the habit of being in that consciousness. Because mm-hmm. it's so easy. You know, you go in the grocery store and, you know, I'm not, if I go in there, I'm not wearing this. this and all of a sudden, it's just like, you know, there's the cashier. There's the bagger person. There's the, you know, the security guard. And uh, just it's easy to forget. But when, like you said, when you when you are trying to be in that consciousness um, through ideally constant chanting, then Krishna gives opportunities to actually, you know, connect on a deeper level. Because I find like myself, if I if I forget, then like I don't have the spiritual strength to distribute a book or want to talk about Krishna. Because, you know, we easily get influenced by our environments. And uh, you walk into a place and everybody is forgetful of God. Then we have to struggle even harder to remember God. So I have to remind myself that. So if I stay in that consciousness, Krishna will give me an opportunity. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. So why do you have something to share? Um, <coughs> not that um, I've got too so mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting s- story that you had that it might not be applied in the worship of Krishna which makes it devotional service if it's mostly like teaching kids about computers and such and it's, it's like forced to be a, a secular scene either by administrators or the, the uneasy relationship between children and teachers I don't know if I should be talking about this sort of thing but that we can keep it in the back of our mind and um, still be devoted to serving Krishna while um, still teaching them a little bit the ways of illusion, like you need computer knowledge to make money and operate in society and this sort of thing. But, you know, is there something holding people back from wanting to express that ecstatic love of God in a secular setting with an agenda outside of worship of God, like, like there's a, a competing um, entity there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. So that, about that, that type of environment, anywhere really, that like, perfect example you gave us the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know, going to the grocery store, you get a list, you're going to get stuff, you know, I mean, you're just doing what you need to do. Now, the great thing about that is, is that I try to always shop for something we're going to make for prasadam for the family. Nice. Yeah. So in that way, I think yeah. about very good, you yeah. know, and so that's that's how you kind of kind of can change that yeah. experience, you know, and then you know you try to do that, and then if I'm if I'm chanting or something like that, or wearing, sometimes I get asked this you know, at, the, at the most weird times, you ask, "Well, one of those necklaces is yeah. really pretty," you know, <laughs> type of thing, and then you get an opportunity to talk. So it's amazing, even when you're you're kind of like. You know, the material world does is sort of get you in sort of a daydream, sort of like you're off in what la la land somewhere and you're not thinking about anything material things, and all of a sudden something will happen, boom, like this. Somebody asks you out of the blue and he goes, snaps you sort of back. Yeah. And then you go, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you. Yeah. Because, man, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's so easy to slip. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, very nice. Very good. Did you know, do you have anything? Well, just uh, on a a practical level, I find it useful to always have a few books with me. I mean, I mean, actually, with me, not not in my car somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, because you never know when you're going to meet somebody that you like to give a book to, and then you don't have it with you, and then you kick yourself later. I wish I had a book to give that person. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great reminder. Yeah. Because I'll find that I have my books in my car, but sometimes I forget to bring them in. Yeah. It's like, God, that's, I'm useless. Now I'm useless. What are you going to say to the person? Just wait there, I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually, there's it's kind of like a multiplier effect. Like, you're going in to purchase boga, to cook food and offer to Krishna, and you have books with you. So, so now, now you know, the Krishna consciousness is likely to, to be stronger. Because you, your, your purpose is becoming more Krishna conscious. And I think that's why, you know, I have to personally remind myself, like, always, like, it's so convenient. I have my little book bag. I have my shoulder strap bag. I have books in it. It's in my car right next to me. 
But because I'm not Krishna consciousness, I don't just grab it on the way into the store. <laughs> so yeah, just getting in, in the habit of um, having a Krishna conscious mission. Yeah. Good. What do you think so far? Well, I, I what I wanted to say is that I am I think I am uh, wanting to learn, uh, but I'm finding out that I'm a very destructive person. Mm. You know, like I, I am, I have a plan of action. You know, during my daytime, and suddenly I see something, and then suddenly I just lost mm. the focus. You know? Yeah. And, and I think I don't feel bad about it. I feel good about it because I think that I need that I have a lot of work to do with myself. But what you got, what you are saying about the consciousness, I think I I kind of like that idea, you know, because uh, my will help me with my my uh, uh, help with my mental state, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes I, I, I make mistakes that uh, are very uh, simple, are very simple, but because I, 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 I was distracted, you know, <laughs> and, and I used to beat myself up because I was like that, but now I'm not anymore because I am finding out that I have to be more gentle with myself. Uh -huh. You know, and I feel like I wanted to be more harmonious with myself, mm -hmm. you know, and so I accept my mistakes, you know, and say, it's okay, you know, but uh, I like that idea of uh, or be uh, uh, thinking about, it. like I've been, I have been reading what I shared with you and I think it's been sticking mm -hmm. It's been playing in my head, you know, and, and I and I I have been going back before I go to bed, and I be, it seems like I'm in the same page, yeah, because I kind of like uh, uh, re reading because I forgot already, but when I read it, when I come back to the same page, oh, you know, it make kind of make more sense. Yeah. So, so Krishna is, is starting to um, help you understand. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm going to be thinking about, <laughs> you know, so I can be more, more uh, uh, productive with my, my staff. You know? Yeah. And, and, and you, we know more than anybody what we can personally take. So in the sense of like, Sometimes I may be, have to be a little rough with myself. Sometimes I have to be gentle with myself. But what, one, one reason that Krishna is saying to act according to your nature is because if you're acting against your nature, it's going to be uh, ten times more difficult to, to think about spiritual topics because we're going we're gonna to have mental disturbance. You see? Yeah. So if we do our natural propensity for work, uh, uh, like honest work, like good honest work, uh, we do that uh, based on our abilities, and then at the same time, we can start um, trying to understand the importance of Krishna consciousness. Like, uh, like the the beautiful thing about chanting, by chanting on Japa Mala, we chant. We have a meditation practice where we chant every day. Mm -hmm. Is that uh, you can carry the mala in your pocket, or you can you can carry it around your neck. You keep it with you, or on your wrist. Sometimes people carry it on their wrist. And then when you have when you have a set amount of, of chanting that you do every day, you go around the beads a certain amount of time, then you make time for that. Because that becomes your, it's called a spiritual practice. Your daily spiritual practice. And so because you have that practice, then you take it as even more important than eating food. Like we have to have food just to have energy in our body. So as a spiritualist, understanding the needs of the soul, you take the chanting, like your, your meditation practice, as more important than even eating, you see? And so therefore you, yeah. make, you make time. You make time to pick up the beads and say, oh, I have, my, I have to do my, like, I need my spiritual nourishment, see? Yeah, I, I have been, um, 
meditation. I have been meditating five minutes in the morning as soon as I get up. Okay. And I'm very proud of myself because I was doing two minutes. Oh. And I was having a hard time. So you more than doubled. Yeah, and the last, I will say the last three, two, three weeks, I have been, you know, five minutes. And, and I am amazed because uh, it's becoming more like yeah, five minutes. Mm. You know. It's becoming a habit. Sorry yeah, something habit. like that. Yeah. Good, good. But I, I'm, I'm super, uh, uh, how do you say, motivated. Ah, good. Have you, lear- have you learned our meditation practice that we did? No, no, no. Okay. So I have to give you, I have to give you some Dhappamala beads, and I have a nice little meditation guide I'll give you. Okay. But it's said in the, the ancient yoga text that this is the most powerful meditation practice uh, for this age. Okay. Um, and it's uh, chanting these sacred vibrations. It was chanting the names of God. And one particular scripture in the Vedas says that this is the only way to, to attain self-enlightenment, to attain uh, love of God, is by chanting. So I want to share that with you. I want to give you some beads. I want to give you a meditation guide. Yeah. And all you have to do is switch your meditation. To that, that would that be practice. nice because yeah. I have been uh, meditating by myself uh-huh. in my own way. Uh-huh. You know, like closing my eyes and, yeah. and sometimes I open and then, oh, I have to start over again. <laughs> yeah. But I have no guidance. This, this is just... authorized. This is there in the Vedas. It's, it's there in the most ancient spiritual texts in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's very powerful. So I want to give you some meditation beads nice. and I'll teach you how to chant on them. Okay. Okay. And then you just switch your meditation to that. So uh, you do the same amount of time. You switch to that. And you'll see the effects it has. Very nice. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Sure. It's interesting that you say that you have a meditation process in order to focus, to like maintain the aspect that you have focus and that I want to utilize it. But um, we use Krishna as the object of our focus because he says that when you think of me, you're picking up where you left off. It's like a a playground for thoughts to dwell upon even when we're doing um, you know tasks like I could be doing my laundry or something and forget that I was meaning to focus on my breath instead in in an impersonal sense I was meaning to focus on my breath I needed to do some work so my meditation is cut short right there but in devotional service you're able to do this sort of thing 24 hours a day devote your waking life your dreams to it every single chore you do by just um, dovetailing it with the idea of, you know, is this what he would want? Thanks. That's good. That's kind of like if we put clothes on in the morning to serve God, then doing our laundry becomes devotional service. Like if I'm putting on clothes to uh, attain uh, self-gratification, then I'm in a state of forgetfulness of God. But if every day when when I dress... I'm going out into the world to be a servant of God, then the act of cleaning our clothes becomes devotional service. That's everything, like you said, dovetail. Dovetail. Dovetail is when, when you in, in carpentry, two pieces of wood fit nicely together. Yeah. They go into, you know, fit yeah. nicely together. Dovetail. I'm a carpenter myself. Oh, you are? Yeah. <laughs> so you know that word. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it means that your life is integrated. Like every, everything you're doing ultimately becomes a loving offering to God. And then you feel happy. You feel inner happiness. Because when I, when I do things disconnected from God, I feel infinite. When everything I do is connected, then I feel happiness. God is my eternal friend. And His happiness is my happiness. So, okay, so I'm going to read. You have something? No, no. Okay, okay. So this is my discovery, if I can... I was hoping this wouldn't fail me, it looks like it. It's not going to, but it will for 10 seconds. Before it it operates with me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Here we go, okay. This is from the purport to 1864. The senses are like serpents whose poison teeth are broken. As there is no fear of a serpent with broken teeth, there is no fear from the senses 
when they are automatically controlled. The world is miserable for the materially infected person, but for a devotee, the entire world is as good as Vaikuntha or the spiritual sky. The highest personality in this material universe is no more significant than an ant for a devotee. Such a stage can be achieved by the mercy of Lord Jaitanya, who would preach pure devotional service in this age. So sometimes in the material conception, say Bill Gates walked into the room. You know who Bill Gates is? Bill Gates is uh, the person who started Microsoft. Microsoft. <laughs> it's like it's Apple or Microsoft. <laughs> okay, so he's you know, a very wealthy person in the world. Most, most people in the world, Bill Gates walked in. Oh my God, do you see? That's Bill Gates. They start whispering and their heart starts pounding, right? For a devotee, they see Bill Gates walk into the room and then they look at that spider right there and they think, there's no difference. That's a body, that's a body, and there's a soul there, and there's a soul there. What's the difference? There's Krishna and a Jiva, and there's Krishna and a Jiva. You see? <laughs> so that's what... Uh, so, yes. So in other words, it's a different lens. Exactly. Yes. Seeing with spiritual vision. Yeah. Um, and so with the senses, when they're controlled through the strength of yoga, through the strength of God consciousness, then they're like serpents and their fangs are taken out. It's not dangerous at all. Because our, our senses bite us because they're uncontrolled and we do things that are harmful. <laughs> but when we remove that through the power of spiritual practice, then they become like serpents with their fangs taken out. Like that. So at this point in Bhagavad Gita, this is the understanding. At this point in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is leading up to his final verdict to Arjuna. After all arguments and conclusive prescriptions for doing the right thing, Krishna will soon describe the best thing, which is full surrender to him. Because the modes of material nature act in such a powerful way, we ultimately must be elevated beyond the modes through spiritual practice given by Lord Krishna. When we begin to attain freedom from the stringent laws of the modes of nature through sincere practice, we glimpse transcendental consciousness. We, the soul, take charge of our material mind and senses, rather than being subjugated by their demands. We see beyond the externals into our own heart in the hearts of all living beings. We see the soul and the super-soul seated there side by side. In such a state, we are prepared to fully enter into devotional service. So, application. Mixed devotion is the norm in the beginning, so I must not get discouraged if my consciousness is still cloudy at times. It is only by the grace of Guru, Vaishnavas, and Lord Krishna that I may fully be in the light of Krishna consciousness without a life tinged with material influence. If Krishna will forgive me for my innumerable offenses to him and his parts and parcels in this world, overlook my attachments, and give me firm determination to serve him, no matter the difficulty, I can remain patient to receive full extrication from matter by his grace and the mercy of his faithful servants. So that determination Krishna is also emphasizing. Like, you know, there's going to be difficulties, there's going to be faults, but make your goal, make me the goal, make me the supreme aim, and keep on trying to engage in spiritual practice. And, and I will reciprocate with you. You'll, you'll feel my presence, and I'll encourage you. From within, I'll give you more encouragement to keep on approaching me, to keep on surrendering to me. So that's, Krishna is like very strongly encouraging Arjuna in very nice ways. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, he's glorifying Arjuna at the same time he's speaking strongly to Arjuna. And uh, he's just saying, keep on going. Keep on practicing. Keep on, uh, keep the spiritual vibration flowing. Yeah. Okay. Anything anybody would like to add? We have two more chapters. So. What happens after we're done with the Bible? Either you start again or take that? We're going to um, study Shusha Panasha. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. It's just a beautiful verse. I mean, you know, what you just said. It's great. That whole thing. It's just, yeah, it's right there. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we can get a little... Uh, Prabhupada says this. He, he describes it like a woman who's pregnant. 
It's like, I wish I had a baby right now. It's like, she just has to be patient, wait nine months, and then the baby will come. So sometimes in our emotional life, it's like, God, can this Maya go away? It's like, just be patient. That seems kind of contradictory, because you, you need to be patient, but you also have to have strong determination also, at the same time that you're patient. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we can't let up. We can't let up. we got to keep on trying. Sometimes I think maybe it's, it, you know, we sometimes, I don't know, I, I do that. I don't know if everybody does that, but I, I, in the beginning especially, there was a goal in mind, you know. And the, the path of devotional service and doing it consistently is the goal. You know, there isn't, you know, uh, you know yes, we say go back to Godhead or whatever, but the thing is, is that in the end, it's, it's really Krishna's mercy, you know, and so... You know, if he wants me to still continue devotional service in another body, then that's what exactly I'll do. You know, so it's it, once you get past that idea of there's an end or there's a goal to this, because I think when you, you know, if you're not reaching the goal fast enough, then all of a sudden you're disappointed and you're like, you know, and you get frustrated and whatever. But as you just are on devotional service, that is the point, you know. And whatever Krishna wants to do from there, that's up to him. And I'm, I'm surrendering to that, you know, and that's, that's what you, I think in the end you have to do, you know, and, and give up that idea. In the beginning it helps to motivate, I think, you know, you can start, but then there's a point in time where you got to try to give that up and just say, hey, you know, this is it, this is what I'm doing, this is beautiful, this is great, you know. Am I right about that? Yeah, so yeah. Um, gratitude, gratitude is very important gratitude, yeah. because we're feeling like, if I can chant Krishna's names, I'm extremely fortunate. Yeah. Because the, the animals, they can't chant the names of, well, of course, Lord Jaitanya made them chant. But generally, generally, the living entities in those forms cannot chant them. So having gratitude. So when we speak of the goal, generally we're speaking of uh, developing love for Krishna. And um, like Prabhu was saying, he said, like, I. I'm trying to set my mind straight, but I'm trying to access my heart. I'm trying to access that, those, those feelings in the heart. So oftentimes, you're, you're right in the sense that we have so much gratitude that like every day I can chant Krishna's names and I can directly associate with him. Which, um, it, like Prabhupada said, this is the this is the yajna to please Krishna. So like early in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, uh, to be free from the, the bondage of this world, uh, you perform yajna. So that means uh, service, uh, sacrifice to please Krishna. So you're performing that yajna, and therefore you reach to perfection. The only problem is my heart. I need, I need, I need to develop more love in my heart. So when we speak of the goal, generally we're speaking about the awakening of, of more devotional love. And even those who have attained devotional love, they feel like, any more devotional love. <laughs> more Chaitanya says that it was uh, just come. Yeah. Just come. You know, about that, that point, I guess that one verse where he says, Oh, but I have no taste for water. Uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh. Exactly. You know, so it's it's I'm like, so unfortunate about it. I'm so unfortunate, yeah. So that's a example. Yeah. yeah. As you continue devotional service, you know, you're just just you know I think you uh, you get a taste eventually. Yeah. You know, when you do and that's just and that's the whole yeah. And Krishna was so kind to reciprocate with us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are we all going to the Hari now today? No, 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 no. You're not going? I'm still deciding. Are you going? Where? We're going to go out and chant. We're going to go to no, I, no? I have, you have to go. I have, I have a kid, son. Ah, yeah. And I, I, I told him that I was going to be by 16 o'clock okay. and I have to bring him food. Okay, can I, can I give you some beads then? Sure, that would be. Okay. I appreciate it. <clears throat>